Thank you for tuning in to another Cleveland vs. the World podcast. Um, today I'm going to be talking about the top 10 current Cleveland athletes. I was scrolling through Twitter the other day and I came across uh, someone made a list of the top 5 current Cleveland athletes. I think it was like Miles Garrett was 1, Nick Chubb was 2, Jose Ramirez was 3, then Denzel Ward and Colin Sexton. And so I thought I'd make my own. And um, I went top 10 because um, I just wanted to include a few more athletes and talk about a few more. Um, make sure I got all... Uh, Browns, Indians, and the Cavs in here. So we'll have a little bit of from each team for you. Um, so let's get right into it. First off, forewarning, Odell is not on this list. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it was really hard to rank him. I wanted to put him on here because we know how talented he is and what his potential is, but we haven't seen it in Cleveland. So, you know, I'm really going off of what they have done recently in Cleveland. They have to currently play for a Cleveland sports team and what they've been able to do. Um, I mostly looked at their numbers um, and, and but, I mean how valuable they are kind of went into it, but just who I think are the best top 10 Cleveland athletes. So like I said, Odell is not on here. Um, he was all, he was really hard to place, you know, straight up. So number 10, I have Jack Conklin, the right tackle for the Browns. He was an all pro this year, only had two penalties and two sacks given up out of 999 snaps played, according to Pro Football Focus, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, if you play a 1,000 snaps and only give up two sacks and two penalties, that's, I mean, that's just consistency right there. So I think this was one of the best signings that they had. Um, I think it was a very underrated signing because you really didn't hear about him all year. But, I mean, if you're not really talking about linemen, they're probably doing their job. But he did get the recognition he deserved at the end of the year with that all-pro nod. Um, made the Pro Bowl as well. But, um, yeah, he's really one of the best right tackles, I mean, if not the best in the league. So I think he really was a big part in what we were able to do in the run game this year and in Baker Mayfield, you know, part of his success. So, yeah, Jack Conklin at number 10. At number 9, I have Jarrett Allen, the big man for the Cavs, who we got in the trade from Brooklyn not too long ago. I, I mean, I think he's a really underrated player. He was really underrated in Brooklyn. He didn't get the minutes that he necessarily deserved. Um, and he's really not getting the minutes he deserves either in Cleveland, but with Drummond on the way out, I think he is going to be the starting center from here on out. I mean, he's a phenomenal rim protector. Ever since we traded for him, he averages 1.7 blocks a game. He still averages a little under 14 points a game and about 8 rebounds a game, so he's he's a very good big man. He can put some points up. He can get rebounds, and he's phenomenal on the defensive end. And like I said, I think he's very underrated. I, I mean, the fact that we got him in that trade, you know, to begin with, I, th- I think was robbery. You know, I talked about that in my um, the one episode with the Cavs that I talked about the Cavs. So I, I think he has been really good this year. Um, he's very underrated in terms of the big men in the league. So, yeah, number nine, Jarrett Allen. At number eight, um, I went with Colin Sexton. Uh, he's ha- averaging career highs across the board this year, you know, 22.8 points a game, shooting 48% from the field, which is really good, and a little over 40% from three, which is also very well. So he's efficient. He's making his shots. I think he's one of the better scorers that Cleveland's had in the past couple of years. Um, and like I said, he's getting better. He's averaging career highs across the board. And you could, if you look at his stats each year, he's simply getting better. And I also talked about him in the Cavs episode a little bit. He's he's probably our best offensive player because I don't think Darius Garland is there yet. But, I mean, obviously the Cavs are hitting a little bit of a rough patch right now. But he's really doing his part. He's playing really well. I think he is the eighth best athlete in Cleveland sports right now. He does have a chance to be higher if he continues to get better and can maybe even get the Cavs a few more wins, I think he'd be a little higher. Um, and he was number five on that one, the one list I looked at, which I thought was extremely high. 
Um, and speaking of other players that are high, number seven, I have Denzel Ward, who was, I think, fourth on this guy's list that I saw on Twitter. I think he's good, but I mean, there's six other players that I would put above him. Um, Denzel Ward's one of the best young corners in the game. He only had two interceptions this year. He missed a couple of games. But he does have 18 pass breakups, which was tied for second in the league. So while he's not necessarily getting interceptions, he is getting pass breakups. Um, I, I think health is starting to become a bit of an issue. Um, I mean, when he plays, he's great. When he plays, he you can put him on a, the opposing team's best receiver, and he's going to do his job. So I, I think if you, I mean, if you can get him to play a full 16 games, it's going to be great. But obviously, that's very hard to do in the NFL. So, and it's not like he's had major injuries. He's just getting banged up here and there. I mean, two years ago, him and Greedy Williams just couldn't seem to get healthy, and Greedy Williams didn't play at all this year. But Denzel Ward, when healthy, I would say one of the best young corners in the game. I think he's only getting better as time goes on, and he's going to be due for a big payday come free agency this year. So moving into the top six, I went with Jarvis Landry. Now his numbers haven't been, you know, great. I mean, they don't pop out, at, you know, pop out to you at the top of the league. But his locker room presence and what he did for the culture of Cleveland a couple of years ago was just phenomenal. I mean, I remember that video came out of him, you know, giving a talk to the wide receiver room. You know, he was saying, if you're not hurt, you have to practice. You know, it's just the mindset you have to have. And he completely changed that locker room. It wasn't all him, but. He it started with him, you know, when you went 0 16 and then you traded for him. So he he certainly has a big role in that. And I, if you if you look at Pro Football Focuses, I, I went to their advanced stats, and now in games that Cleveland wins, he has 54 catches for 635 yards, whereas when we lose, he only has 20 catches for 233 yards. So I mean, when we win, we get him the ball. When we lose, we're not getting him the ball. So I, that just kind of shows you the value he has and the presence he has in the locker room. And, and I think he plays a little bit better without Odell. I mean, you would think that, you know, it, with Odell there, he would get open a little more. But it just seems the offense just seems to run pretty well when he's the number one guy with him and Higgins or Hodge or whoever else you put in there. Um, but either way, his numbers haven't been phenomenal, but his presence, his value really make up for his lack of numbers, in my opinion, which is why I put him at six, because he really, I mean, he really is a great runner, route runner to begin with. He's got great hands. He's a very reliable receiver, and he always has been. So getting into the top five now, I have Shane Bieber, which might be a little bit of a surprise, but I mean, he is one of the best young pitchers in baseball. He won the Cy Young this past year. He went 8-1 and one. in 2019. He was 15-8. and eight. So I mean, obviously last year they had the the uh, the shortened season, but yeah, I mean he he really has he really has been getting better, and he's probably going to be our opening day starter this year. So I I would look forward to watching him play this year. Um, you know, especially going against you know other teams' number one pitchers, which he did last year too. And I mean, going eight and one is impressive either way, even whether it was a shortened season or not. And he still won the Cy Young. So I you know watching him grow. I think is going to be important because I would expect for him to be in that Cy Young conversation for years to come. Um, I mean, obviously, the Indians kind of have a problem with paying some of their young stars big money, but hopefully we can keep him around for a while. At fourth, I went with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think his value to the Cleveland Browns is unmatched. I think he's one of the most valuable players on that team. You know, When he plays good, we win, and when he plays bad, we lose. It's simple as that. You see, he didn't really play well. Two years ago with Freddie Kitchens, we didn't win many games. You saw what he did in the back half of this year. I mean, only two interceptions since week seven, and we were winning a whole bunch of games. Yeah, I, I look at it, again. He's another player like Denzel, or uh, excuse me, like Jarvis Landry. 
I would look at the value over numbers because his numbers weren't at the top of the league either, but I think his value to what he does for this Cleveland Browns team is very important. And he was still 10th in QBR this year, which, I mean, top 10 in any stat is always good. So, again, his growth for the Browns, I think, is going to be important. Um, I, I think what they do with Odell is going to depend on what he does next year. I mean, since week seven when Odell got hurt, he threw two picks. Uh, one of them was against the Ravens, and one of them was against the Chiefs. Now, granted, both of those were costly interceptions, but, you know, if you remember those stretch of cold-weather games when it was like the Eagles, uh, the Raiders, the Texans, he wasn't playing bad. I mean, yeah, you lost to the Raiders, but he wasn't playing bad. He was playing good complementary football, and then after that, he started taking over games. We started relying on the pass game a lot more, and we could really rely on him to win, win us games, which is what they had been looking for, and I think they got it. So at fourth, Baker Mayfield, his value over numbers, he's really important to the Browns. Moving into the top three, I went with Jose Ramirez at top three. Now, he, I mean, he, he's honestly, in my opinion, I think he's just as good as Lindor. I mean, he's been in the MVP conversation for the past couple of years. Um, I mean, this past year, even though in the shortened season, he was fourth in the league in home runs and sixth in the RBIs, and he was fifth in OPS. Um, he had 39 homers in 2018, so I, I, I think... His value is also important, and he's still putting up numbers. Yeah, you know, I'm going to talk about him later on in an Indians podcast that um, we'll have coming for you. But he, he's now by far your best player, and I think you're going to have to rely on him a lot for offense, for hitting. Um, he, he's going to be important. He's going to be a big part of your offense, especially if guys like Fran Del Reyes are going to you know, get into a slump again in the middle of the year and then heat up for a little bit and then go back into a slump. So I, I think his offense is going to be unmatched for this team. Um, top of the order is going to be important. Definitely going to look have to look to him for a whole lot of value this year, and he's been doing that. He's been putting up numbers, you know, ever since we fully brought him up from the minors. Uh, number two, number two, I went with Miles Garrett. Um, I think you could the top two you could easily interchange, um, but I mean he had 12 sacks this year, which ranked sixth in the league, and he still missed a few games because of COVID. Four forced fumbles this year, which ranked third. I mean, there's no no argument. He's probably one of the best edge rushers in the game, if not the best. I would probably say he's the best, but I could be a little biased. So I, he, he was an easy top two choice for me. I mean, when he ever since he played, when we drafted him, he, he's been a dominant force. He, he's, his impact has been immense. Um, I think if we sign J.J. Watt, those two on opposite ends of the line are going to be terrifying for offensive linemen. I think they're going to look to draft another D lineman this year to pair with him, whether it be interior or on the other side, because, I mean, Vernon did play well before his injury. But, yeah, I, I think Miles Garrett probably would have won Defensive Player of the Year and led the league in sacks if it wasn't for COVID. Uh, he missed those handful of games. But, you know, I mean, that's just kind of how the season went. And even when he came back, he wasn't really 100% because his lungs were still a little, uh, you know, they, they still had – COVID issues, you know, since it was a respiratory issue, he had trouble breathing, catching his breath, would cause him to sit out for a couple of snaps, um, you know, things like that. So number one, I went Nick Chubb. I think this is a, I mean, this, this is probably the easiest choice to go with. I mean, he was only, he was 14th in attempts this year, yet still 7th in yards, and 4th in touchdowns with 12, and he averaged 5.6 5 yards a carry, which is really good. I mean, when he gets, if he gets into the secondary, he's gone. There's absolutely no catching him. He's one of the hardest backs to bring down in the league. And, I, I mean, I think you could argue him as the best running back in football. I, I honestly think you could do that. Um, if he didn't miss a couple of games because of that knee injury, I think he would have been close to Derrick Henry's mark for 
Um, the league leader in rushing yards, would he have hit 2,000? I don't know. I mean, he only had a little over 1,000 this year. And really towards the end of the year, we did kind of get away from the run game, you know, especially in that weird Jets game with, you know, no receivers. And, I, you know, that game didn't make a whole lot of sense. But as we relied more on Baker Mayfield, we didn't necessarily have to rely a whole lot on Nick Chubb. And, you know, all these numbers, don't forget, are with Kareem Hunt playing as well. So, I mean, this is with splitting a backfield, with missing a couple of games, and these numbers are still, you know, really, really good. Without that knee injury, I think he could have been um, on pace for Offensive Player of the Year, and I, th- I expect him to be there next year. I think he's going to get paid really nicely. He's going to get paid as one of the top backs in football this coming off season. You know, the Browns do have a lot of people to pay with, Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and Denzel Ward, but he's going to get his money. I think he deserves it. Um, he's quiet. He's great. He's very fun to watch. Um, so yeah, you know, so that's the top 10. So Jack Conklin at 10, Jared Allen, Colin Sexton, Denzel Ward, Jarvis Landry. Um, then the top five were Shane Bieber, Baker Mayfield, Jose Ramirez, Miles Garrett, and Nick Chubb. So that's my top 10 to round it out. Um, I definitely thought that this, um, there are a lot of players that could be interchanged. I think there were a couple of Browns players you could have put in here. Um, and to be honest, it was kind of hard to fit some Cavs players in here. So, I, you know, I, I do what I could. I try to include a little bit from each team, but that's my top ten. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Next up, we will, I promise you that Indian that Indians episode is going to be coming soon. Um, I started out my mock draft already, so that should be coming soon after that as well. So, as always, thank you for listening.